Welcome to Momentum, encouraging women who follow Jesus because your leadership and influence matters. Today, I am very, very excited to introduce somebody new to you. This is my friend and fellow pastor's wife, Debbie Del Prior from our church, who is going to start being a regular with me on Momentum Podcast. In fact, she's going to be the MC. Now, my daughter, Lauren, who used to uh, do this regularly, just keeps having babies. And (laughs) it's just really been the challenge for us to work things out. And so I took a little sabbatical on uh, recording and kind of was looking for God's leading and if I should continue. And he just kept laying Debbie on my heart. Yeah, and, and I, I have a very hard time having babies. So uh, you should be, <laughs> and now that, I'm old, so... <laughs> so that's going to be another podcast we're going to actually share with you another time. But anyway, I'm so excited to introduce Debbie today. So today's podcast is about meeting Debbie, but hearing her faith story, her and her husband, Richie, and what God is doing through them is so awesome and cool. It actually gives me goosebumps. So I am really excited to have her today. And so I'm just going to introduce you to her, let you meet her. I'm going to ask her some questions and have her talk. And this girl is a good old uh, Chicago girl. I am a Chicago girl. And it is so fun living here because I think Chicagoans have a very unique, not only um, tone to their talking, how they say words, but personalities. When you say that, yeah, absolutely. I mean, so I especially when you meet my husband, Richie. Yes. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> he has a whole different way of talking. Yeah, it is. It is really fun. And when we go down south to my family, they they take note of how we've incorporated some nasal sounds in oh, our, sure. our speech. Yeah. But I think the personalities are very different too. So anyway, I'm so excited for to have you meet Debbie. Debbie and Richie have been married 21 years, but you guys have actually been together how many years? We've been together. We actually just celebrated, and I know that this is ridiculous, but we remembered our dating anniversary. So we celebrated 28 years actually this week, um, this weekend, this past weekend. And uh, I was a young, bubbly 18-year-old when I met him. So I remember the date that we went on our first date. And it was, you know, we've been together ever since. So we've been together 28 years. It's really weird saying that out loud. Because I don't even feel old enough to have been with any person for 28 years. I know, so that's, that's a long yeah, time. Absolutely. It's a long time. Yeah. And it's just been a really cool story. And uh, they both worked um, in the non-church world, yep. the secular field. That doesn't mean they didn't minister in their own ways. Because, as you know, we totally believe being light and salt wherever you are. But... Um, I just want Debbie to kind of share their background a little more um, before they became our campus pastors over at our new Linux campus. So why don't you share a little bit about that story? Okay, so like I said, we met when I was 18. That was um, 28 years ago. You can do the math and figure out how young I really am. Mm -hmm. Um, But we met when I was 18. Um, He was four years older than me. He was 22. 
And um, I just was completely smitten with him. I thought he was completely out of my league, and I prayed and begged God to let me have him. Oh, that's and so cute. And my only experience with Christian boys at that age was that they were nerds, and <laughs> Richie was not a nerd, and he was beautiful, and um, I wanted him all for myself. And so I begged God for him, and God said yes. Uh, and um, then we, you know, started dating and started realizing that we had a lot to learn in life, still do. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of really just grew up together in our faith, but we knew that we both loved Jesus. We knew that we wanted to commit our lives to serving the Lord, um, but we just really had a lot to learn. And so it's been an awesome, hard beautiful, messy journey, but we've seen the truth of God's word that he works all things together for our good. And we've seen that repeatedly in our marriage and we're just really thankful for that. So, so uh, a cool thing to take note of, um, Debbie grew up in a pastor's family. Her dad was a pastor. Um, just tell them a little bit about that. Okay. So that is a unique story. So my dad was actually a Southern Baptist preacher. He was a preacher of a really small church. Um, in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, and my mom was a stay-at-home pastor's wife. She helped at the church and helped raise uh, her three kids, and um, they were married for 20 years. And unfortunately, when I was eight, he had a really he was sick. He had a bad heart, and he actually passed away during an open heart surgery. His fourth open heart surgery. Wow. Um, I think it's third, third or fourth. I, I have a hard time remembering. Well, you were eight, um, but yeah. I was eight years old, and my wow. sister was 11. My brother was five. And um, my mom was forced to get two jobs and enter the workforce and raise three children on her own. So um, she said to us at a young age, God's going to be your dad and God's going to be my husband and we're going to rely on him and trust him to get us through. And so I've really had the privilege of watching my mother live out her faith story. And that really, um, she's a godly, godly, loving, gracious woman. She's still alive. She's still alive. And she is the sweetest Oh, precious Giving, woman. Yeah, she's just, she's, if I could be a fourth of the godly woman she's been, I I will be so grateful. And she, and you've told me once she never dated or anything, nope. correct? She, um, she made the decision, and this isn't for everybody, this is something that was very personal in her relationship with God, but um, she just wanted to commit herself to God, and she wanted to commit herself to her kids, and she knew it was going to be hard on us, and um, she had decided she needed to make her faith journey her own as well and figure that out alone as a single mom. And, um, so she just made the decision to not date and, um, she just didn't want another man coming into our lives and influencing us. And so Hmm. she just, she said for that season, she just made that choice and Hmm. then she got comfortable and (laughs) and is still single at 77 years old. So Oh, she's so precious. Um, so Debbie did grow up in a pastor's family. So, um, when you met Richie, you had a faith of your own at the time, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he had a faith mm-hmm. of his own. So um, then you all ended up getting married. And just tell a little more about your jobs, your journey there. Um, we both, um, and again, Denise said we'll speak about this at another time, but I always wanted to have a lot of kids. I wanted to be a homemaker. I wanted to be barefoot and pregnant. And, you know, that's just something that was in me. Um, and so um, a career was never a big thing to me. Um, 
I, I did not go to college, which may be surprising, but I didn't. We were focusing on Richie getting his college out of the way and his college loans out of the way so that we could get married and all of that. And um, so I just would work, you know, little jobs here and there. And then I just got this great opportunity at this large insurance company in the city. And um, they interviewed me and gave me an opportunity to come on staff as a management trainee. In a management trainee role, they said that they would train me. And um, God just really blessed me in that role. I was... I worked there for 15 years. Um, and they kept moving you up. Yeah, I just, God just kept giving me opportunities, which blows my mind. I don't yeah. even know how yeah. that's possible, but it happened. Yeah. And I'm really grateful for my time there. I met some incredible people and um, formed some awesome relationships. And, and this tells you a lot about Debbie because um, she ended up being an assistant to the head guy, basically. Or yeah, I, I actually guys. helped. I helped. Um, run our law firm for the insurance company. So yeah. Yeah. And, uh, she would pray with people or, you know, just really be a caring soul in the office. And God just really, um, used her in a big way. And it's kind of crazy to think about wherever you live, especially you live in a small town, but she was, you were like on the 19th floor of the, Sears Tower. I was, not, uh, I was on the Tower. 61st floor. 61st actually. floor. I, I actually, I, I actually worked there on the day of 9-11. <gasps> so that was, oh, that was an experience so that I will worried. never, ever forget. I was actually on the 47th floor when that happened, but yeah. Oh, I, I hadn't heard that. Yep. Wow. Yep. Wow. So sometimes when our kids were in town, um, they were friends of Deb's too. Uh, we would go down there and she'd let us go up to her floor so we didn't have to pay to go all the way to the yeah. top floor, you know, yeah. and still see quite a view. But yeah, so God used her there. Now tell a little more about Richie's faith experiences because he had some negative faith experiences yes. along so the we, way. Yeah, we both accepted Jesus when we were really young. We made that decision. I think we were both seven actually. Um, but as you know, when I you're a kid, I too. yeah, yeah I, it, it, when you're a kid, you receive that faith, childlike faith. That's what your parents teach you. You believe it. You want Jesus. You want and to live with Jesus it. forever. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe with all my heart that, you know, Jesus blessed that faith that we had. Um, but as we grew up, we grow up and we have to learn things and we have to reconcile ourselves and our relationship with God and our faith journey and what that looks like. And, um, Richie was always a really good kid, always cared about the underdog, um, always loved people. Uh, he was a really good soul. And then, um, he got into, um, he went to a Christian school, a very strict Christian school. Is this high school or college? This is, um, grade school, I believe. Okay. Um, and, um, you know, I, I want to be careful, but he just had some negative experiences in the Christian school and, um, just different than, than what he had experienced outside of the Christian school. And he will say to this day, we both will, cause we both went to Christian schools, um, that we gained so much good from that because we learned a lot about the Bible. Sure. We learned a lot of scripture. Sure. Um, but he just socially just, he, he loved, you know, dressing nice and he, he had a lot of fun and he had a, he's got a very charismatic personality. And, um, so he just ended up getting into some trouble and, um, I think he, felt like people um, made him feel bad about some of his choices and that it was wrong, that he liked certain yeah, things. And, and they weren't scriptural things. Yeah, they weren't. And so, or or it was scripture that was twisted. 
Yes. And used okay. in a way that wasn't beneficial for yeah. him. So confusing. Yeah. And, you know, he, he kind of, he rebelled from that, you know, because it wasn't true to who he knew he was. And mm-hmm. so um, it just kind of made him rebel a little bit. And so sure. that carried on through high school. Um, his parents, uh, eventually, um, he got kicked out of school, the Christian school. Mm-hmm. And so his parents brought him to um, another Christian academy in another state. They thought it would be good for him. And long story short, he loved it there and started making relationships and decided he wanted to continue to go to college there. Um, and and, in his college years, he ran into some hard times and got kicked out for, you know, just being a goof and not following the rules perfectly. And, um, you know, but always at the core, he always loved Jesus and he always loved people and he cared about people. And, um, so many stories that we've talked about where he would just help his friends or help girls that were in bad situations. And um, he's just always a really good-hearted guy at the core. Well, and it had to be so confusing to him. I Okay, so I have to follow these extra rules in order yeah. to be a real Christian or a pastor or whatever. Yeah. Uh, really, it's and, you know, disappointing. It's, yeah, it's sad because I believe with all of my heart that in those situations, that those that, that the people in those institutions, they genuinely love God. Mm-hmm. And they oh, yeah. think they think that they think that um, some of the things they're doing are are giving, you know, these guidelines that help us yeah. to live a life that is honoring to God. But a life that's honoring to God is not following a rule book. A life that's honoring to God is letting allowing his spirit to work inside us, to bring us to a place of obedience and mm-hmm. following him because we're grateful yeah. for what Jesus did for us. And so it's it's dangerous him. if we put the cart before the horse. And I understand mm-hmm. why they may do that, but mm-hmm. um, but it's still, it still is something that can create some confusion. Yeah, it's, it can. So I, I'm thankful he didn't lose his faith over that. I'm Absolutely. I'm really thankful. So, um, by and by, you all came to Parkview about 11 years ago. Yeah. Yep. And um, my first experience with Debbie (laughs) is really kind of funny because... And scary. I'm I'm an introvert, and the church had gone through this explosion of church growth. And it was freaking me out on the inside, big time. Now, I was the worship leader... And I could lead worship and be calm, but it was uh, after one of the services, and Debbie, who I'd never seen before, came up to me and Goodness. just said, can I pray with you? I really feel like God wants me to pray with you. Now, granted, she had had, she knew I was the pastor's wife and the worship leader, and she'd had some, seen some sad things happen along the way, and Debbie's a prayer warrior, and her intentions were totally pure because she really felt like God wanted her to do that. Me, on the other hand, had met some very, a couple of unstable people at church. Oh, sure. And then this happened, and it doesn't sound very spiritual to say, no, you can't pray with me. (laughs) So You're freaking me out. Please go away. (laughs) So I said, sure, you can. And then she just prayed the most beautiful prayer over me. And then we parted ways. And then later she became involved in worship. And I just, 
met her and learned what a beautiful soul and prayer oh, warrior she was. Um, so we each had background to it, but that was our first experience Well, together. and you know, it's funny because I don't think that we had um, started faithfully going to that church, and I grew up as a pastor's kid, so yep. I knew the journey my mom had walked and how difficult that that had been for her in a small church yeah. and the demands that people put on her. And then one of my best friends, you know, my whole life was a pastor's wife, mm. and she had been through a lot of stuff, and we because we were close, we saw a lot of stuff that went on that's just hard, mm-hmm. you know? And so when I, when we visited Parkview and I saw you and I think they were like praying over your kids or something for something, but I saw that your three girls were up there and yeah. I just remember feeling so overwhelmed and mm-hmm. seeing the, the thing that God was doing at our church at the time and just feeling God saying, just bless this lady and pray for her. And I remember st- I w- we were standing in the back and I was arguing with God because I don't like doing stuff like that because I don't want people to think I'm a weirdo. <laughs> and so I-, I feel him and I'm like, absolutely not. No way. I'm not going to go do this. Mm-hmm. And so I had this conversation back and forth well, and then with you God in Rich- my head. Richie what you were going to do. Well, right? yeah. And then, so we, I, we were literally like halfway out the church and I said, oh babe, I got to go back in and pray you know, for the pastor's wife. And he said, oh, babe, please don't do that. They're going to, I said, I I know, I know, I know, but I got it, you know, and it's a good lesson because sometimes God leads us to do that scary stuff that we don't want to do, but it's good lessons in obedience. And I'm thankful I did it. And, you know, sometimes you got to be a fool for Jesus and just yes, who cares right. what people think of you and right. well within reason like yeah. don't take that in run <laughs> yeah so that was that was our first experience and then Debbie um started singing and worship and anyway um got to know her it was just such a cool cool thing her faith just shines and she was a light in her workplace and it was just really cool to get to know her. So in the meantime, Richie gets to know Tim and Bill. Yeah. Uh, Tim, so, my husband, the pastor of our church, yep. and Bill, the executive pastor at our church. So just one quick thing I want to know. You know, you're such a sweetheart and so kind in the beautiful things that you've said. Um, but I really think it's important to note that, you know, just because I was raised in a Christian home and just because I met a man who loved Jesus, um, I want to make sure that I am um, truthful in saying that it's been a big journey for me and for me and Richie in growing in our faith. And mm. it still is. And I fumble along the way and I have made more mistakes than I ever care to admit that I've made. And I've mm. struggled with things even mm-hmm. as a pastor's wife, yep. that I would not be proud to admit. Because we're human. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, we've we've really tried to stay in the game, and I just constantly come back to Jesus and mm-hmm. say, you got to help me with this. I'm not going to give up on you. I know you're not giving up on me. And um, so I think it's really um, important to note that even though it sounds nice on the outside, oh, you were raised in a Christian home and you met a mm-hmm. Christian man. And, you know, there were times, there's been plenty of times in our marriage that we could be on Jerry Springer. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had those really ugly, yeah. passionate times. So, um, well, and I love that you're saying this because I recently talked to a woman who's married to a pastor and she says, I'm really struggling with my faith right now. And I just said, I'm so glad you told me. Yeah. Cause now I can be praying for you. Absolutely. And that honesty is what's going to help because it's got to be your faith. Yep. Your faith. You and Jesus. And so I love that you said that. So 
But to bring you back to what you were saying, so we came to Parkview, and it was just a really critical place in our lives, in ministry. We loved God. We wanted to be used by God, but just what we had been through, and we'd been hurt, and we'd probably hurt some people in the process. Um, and Richie was doing what at the time? Um, he was a commercial consultant working yes. for a company. Um, and so we came to Parkview, and the best way I can say it is I just feel like God allowed us at Parkview. It was a stable church. It was structured. We could see you know, godly leadership there, and we just felt like we were in a place of rocky soil, and God just put us in a place where we could kind of get settled and our roots could start running deep. And we just really both started flourishing together and individually. Mm. Um, just having that freedom to just go to a church and just sit and take it in. We were both involved at our previous church mm -hmm. and just really soak it in and allow God's spirit to just kind of nourish us and give us truth and give, give us a place where we could just mm. rest. That's and so, so cool to hear. yeah, over time, we um, got involved with youth working with the teens mm -hmm. and um, just really trying to be intentional about um, loving people. Um, and some days that's easier than others, but um, we just tried to make relationships with people and at restaurants or yeah. you know, different things like that and um, yeah. started working with the youth. And so I think that that's how Richie got to know Pastor Tim and Bill is just through his you know, involvement there with the youth group and stuff. Yeah. And that I, I do want a side note, not to embarrass them or anything, but you, the greatest commandments are love God and love others. And Debbie and Richie do that. Oh. They do that everywhere. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Just be quiet. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and they have won some of their waitresses to the Lord because several of them, because they've just loved on them and cared about them every time they went and ate somewhere. And it's cool. I mean, we are supposed to love people. It's not about following the rules or not cussing or, you know, what you don't do. It's about loving people as Jesus would. And so I love that so much. So anyway, uh, then Richie meets with uh, my husband, Tim, and Bill, the executive pastor. Yeah. So, okay, so December of 2010, my husband and I went on this um, mission trip to visit a friend of his in Micronesia. It's the first time we'd ever left the country and done something big like that. And so we came home from that. We spent Christmas and New Year's doing that. And we came home from that trip both just feeling like we, we, we couldn't have kids we both felt like God's, we know God wants us to do something. We just don't know what it is. We both were working um, in our jobs in corporate America. Mm -hmm. And so we just started praying that God, please just show us what you want us to do. Maybe we're going to go mm -hmm. in another country and be like orphanage parents. Or we, mm -hmm. we were just trying to be in a place of being open to God. And mm -hmm. we had just experienced this um, missions trip where people lived in an indigenous area in the world and did not have all the, you know, blessings and resources that we have here and mm -hmm. clean water and, you know, mm -hmm. and so we were just like, all right, Lord, we both kind of came to a place like, we'll leave it all. If that's, mm -hmm. it'll be so hard, but if that's what you call us to do, we will. Um, so that was in December, January of 2010, 2011. So in okay. April of 2011, I was actually at home on bed rest for my third round of um, IVF. Uh, Richie, IVF is... In vitro fertilization, because mm -hmm. we... Um, 
couldn't have kids. And so Richie said, Pastor Tim wants me to go to lunch with him. And I thought, oh, great. You're going to get in trouble. <laughs> you thought he was going to get in trouble? Well, n- not necessarily, but we both something. were just kind of like, oh, the pastor wants to meet with you. Um, and so I was in bed rest and... Um, I hope he's okay with me saying this, but he came back from that meeting and um, Pastor Bill had been with him. And um, he goes in and he says he walks in and he saw Pastor Bill sitting there too. And um, he was like, oh man, oh, what's, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I shouldn't have had a beer with that guy at the pub and <laughs> talked about Jesus. I don't know. Um, anyways, so, you know, he comes back and you know, Richie Mm -hmm. and he's not, you know, he's not a real in touch with his emotions kind of guy. He's not a big crier. He cries over, he gets touched over things about Jesus, but he's not one to like, let's sit around and talk about our feelings. Yeah. Yeah. He's just not that guy. So he comes in and I'll never forget it. And he was crying, like crying, like shoulders. And I said, babe, what happened? Yeah. What happened? And he goes, babe, they want me to come on staff to mm. be a campus pastor. I just and got I just, I just, my mouth dropped. Not I, what a great choice. I have so much respect for Richie and I begged God to use him our whole marriage. So I was just so, but I was stunned. Like you have long hair, you have tattoos, you know, like it, it was so unconventional. He's not your conventional stereotypical looking pastor, but he did yeah. go to Bible college and, you know, so we were just stunned that God had answered our prayer in this way. And so we, knowing what we know, knowing what we've been through, knowing that my dad was a pastor, even though we prayed for God to give us this opportunity, we, Richie went back and said, we need time to really, we want to go Wisely. into this mm-hmm. with our eyes wide open. Yeah. And so we took probably in the history of Parkview, they gave us one of the longest periods to pray and accept it because they talked to him in um, April of 2011. And we prayed the whole summer and met with people and talked through it. And he accepted in September. Well, there were going to be a lot of changes to your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Huge changes. You, You have no idea. We'll get to that in future stuff, but huge changes. So yeah, Richie said yes. We said yes. And, um, it was scary. Yeah. It was very scary because, you know, one of, one of the jokes that we always had is, you know, I would, I would joke with Richie and say, be careful, you know, we gotta, what, you know, what would Jesus, you know, we gotta want to represent Jesus, you know, all this kind of stuff, which even saying that now I look back on some of the mistakes I've made and I was like, you need to eat your own words, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) how many times do we do that? Right. Yeah. Um, and so I would joke around and Richie would be like, well, I'm not Jesus. I want to be like him, but I'm not him. And he would joke and say, I'm not even a pastor. You know, you know it was always kind of this, you know. And so God was like, well, now you're going to find out a little bit more about that. So, you know, with fear and trepidation and faithful hope and expectation and trusting God to do what only he can do mm-hmm. with broken South Side people of Chicago we trusted him. And let me tell you, we could talk for hours about this, all different parts of this, but he just blew our socks right off. I mean... And in the meantime, 
the church was uh, doing a campaign and you were pregnant, correct? Yes. So again, we'll talk about this another day, but uh-huh. we went through two rounds of artificial insemination, three full rounds of IVF. Conservatively, we weren't sure what we felt about it, but we prayed about it and we ultimately landed on God is the ultimate giver of life. However that happens, we trust that if life is created, it's because of him and we're going to tr- trust that process. So we went through that for a long period and we'll talk about that another day and all the emotions around that. But um, he he said yes in um, September and October 22nd of 2011, I will spare you the gory details, but I found out that I was pregnant, naturally. <laughs> naturally. God just blessed us. So they said yes with after summer. Yes. And whether this is related, only God knows. Yeah. But uh, maybe it was just a step of faith. Well, Who knows? Yeah. And that's important to note because, you know, I, we don't believe that God's a vending machine God. No. That we say yes we and then you give us a blessing. But we do believe in his perfect timing and provision. Yes. And he he loves to bless us. He oh. he delights in blessing us. And sometimes the best ways may be a no and a yes through something else. Yeah. Whether it's adoption, whether it's right. fostering, who knows. Right. But in this instance, Daisy was born in yeah. October. She is a doll. She is how old? She is going to be seven in um, a few weeks, actually a month or so. And, um, oh gosh, she's just a beautiful firecracker creation of, she's just a gift. She's just such a beautiful, I'm so excited to see what God does through her. Yes. And to me through raising her because I, <laughs> he's really teaching me a lot. And I've had those prayers where I said, Oh Jesus, thank you for not giving me four kids. Cause I would be dead. You know, <laughs> just raising one is oh, I have such a respect for people who raise children. It's just, Whoa. Well, she's a gift and she's so special. She's a gift to this world, to anybody she meets. Yeah. That is for sure. Yeah. So, Anyway, they um, there was a lot of prep for this next campus to be um, la- built and launched because we were going to be building it. And the new Linux campus launched December of... 2016. 2016. Now, at the time of this recording, when I don't know when you're listening, but the time of this recording, we are in April of 2019. And um, this campus alone has been running over 2,000, correct? Yeah, we've hit 2,500 yeah. several weeks. It, I, saying that out loud, just it's, it's such an act of God. It's, it's, not, it's certainly not us. Let me be clear It is in unbelievable. That. And that's with video sermon. I'm not kidding. Yeah. That is through Richie and Debbie and the staff and the people there loving, loving on people. Not adding man-made rules, but just loving people. Yeah. And um, it just gives me goosebumps when I think about the souls God is reaching yeah, through the new Linux yeah. campus. And it's so him. We're just, we're just creating, we're trying by the grace of God to create an environment 
that people can come into, like like we just had Brian Head Welch at the at services last weekend. Mm-hmm. We want to create that environment where you could go out the night before and be struggling and get wasted out of your mind and just be lost and be able to walk in on Sunday morning smelling like booze and someone's going to grab you and shake your hand and say, yeah. we're so glad you're here. That, that come as you are. Yes. We really want people to feel that and we want... Our staff and Parkview as a whole at all of our campuses, I believe, yeah. models love okay. to people of just accepting us. We want to love the yeah. lost Absolutely. into the kingdom and then grow them to be more like Jesus. For yeah. sure. So I love what New Linux is doing. I love what Richie and Debbie, how they're serving God there. And I love that Debbie's going to be emceeing now with my momentum and again, um, we will be actually doing a whole podcast on their infertility journey because I know many, many women have suffered with that and there's great heartache. So uh, it's such a personal story. And so I know you would receive encouragement there. But we are so glad you're here. And so I'm going to have Debbie do our uh ending tagline she may be reading it cold turkey yeah maybe maybe i'll try not to belch or anything as i'm as as we're signing out here i just want to note that we're sitting here in our yoga pants and this is so fantastic i'm so grateful you look you look beautiful you look fantastic no but um how fun um i'm i'm it's this is such a humbling experience for me i am definitely that cracked vessel and so I'm so grateful mm. for the opportunities God gives us. And let that encourage all of you out there, you know, just move forward in trusting Jesus to use you just the way you are. We don't have to be ashamed of those holes and those cracks in our exterior because, you know what, if we allow Jesus to come in, his light shines through those places. And we can't be afraid of that mm-hmm. because God says if we lose our lives for him, that will find our life. And so I want to encourage you that. So with that said, mm. I want to tell you all, thank you so much for tuning into Momentum. If you want more information and encouragement, you can check out Momentum.net. That's W-O-M-E-N-T-U-M.net or DeniseHarlow.com. Or if you'd like, you can follow Denise on Instagram or on Facebook. So we're just, thank you for your time today. We hope you're blessed and encouraged.